Coming in October, an all-new 365-day prayer devotional from Sarah Young. Scripture-based daily prayers to bring you closer to Him. Free sample at JesusCalling.com. This episode contains content that talks about suicide and self-harm that could be disturbing to some listeners. As I grew in my faith and my understanding and knowledge of God, the Lord, and, and Scripture, I began to understand and realize that we may not understand what God, what His plan is for our life, but we can trust, you know, that He's in control and that we're not. And I think, you know, for me, it was realizing that my identity is not in Tourette syndrome or ADD or OCD, but it's in, in Jesus Christ alone. Welcome to the Jesus Calling Podcast. Many of us could never imagine that we would ever go through a time so dark and so hopeless that we would consider taking our own lives. Yet so many people who have experienced deep depression know what it feels like when their minds can't seem to grasp onto hope any longer. During Suicide Prevention Week, we want to talk to some people who share what it's like to deal with depression and thoughts of suicide and encourage us all that there is hope, even when we can't see it. We're honored to share the stories of American Idol alumnus Dave Pittman and singer Brianna Domenica. First up, we'll hear from Dave Pittman, a budding Christian musician and an American Idol finalist who was only nine years old when he was diagnosed with Tourette syndrome, a condition that can cause uncontrollable tics and vocal sounds. Before his diagnosis, Dave's classmates didn't understand what made Dave different, and several responded by making fun of him or bullying him. Amid his dread of facing another school year feeling different and alone, Dave shares about the moment that he was more afraid of living than he was of dying, and what ultimately led him to embrace his condition. My name is Dave Pittman, and I'm a singer here in Nashville and um, a recording artist and um, have a ministry where I travel around and uh, go into churches and uh, different organizations, uh, schools, to share my story uh, about how I overcame, um, overcome obstacles with Tourette's and um, OCD and ADD. Yeah, so I um, <clears throat> I grew up in a small town called Gasville, Arkansas, and I was, uh, you know, I grew up in a church. Um, uh, my dad was where my dad was a music pastor and my mom helped lead the band and whatnot. But a uh, family of, I grew up with a family of, I think it was a family of five and I have two other siblings. Um, and yeah, just grew up singing in the church. I was diagnosed with Tourette syndrome when I was nine years old. They had started noticing some different ticks and twitches when I was seven, uh, but I was actually diagnosed with Tourette's uh, when I was nine years old in the fourth grade. For me, I had a lot of why me questions, like God, why, why would you allow me to have this? Why did why why did you allow me? You know, why is it me? And I, I was I didn't understand, you know, in my nine year old brain. <laughs> just how I was supposed to, to handle this and live with it. And it was extremely difficult, you know, for me to go through. Um, 
uh, maybe a target of bullying and from my peers uh, at school and uh, affected me in such a negative way that uh, coming out of the fourth grade year uh, into the summer, there was about two weeks of the summer left and um, you know, we were sitting down at the breakfast table with my, with my mom and dad, uh, and my two other siblings. And my mom asked the question to all of us, uh, us kids, you know, are you guys ready to go back to school? And she says, she remembers the terror that came over my face. And I remember it as well. Just thinking about, <laughs> there was no way I could come <laughs> go back and face another year uh, of that. And again, you know, and I was just afraid, more afraid of living through that again than I was of dying. And in that moment, just really just became suicidal. And I, um, later that afternoon, my mom and dad left the house to run an errand. And I went back to my bedroom, um, and, uh, got a piece of paper and a pencil and, wrote down mom and dad I love you I'm gonna miss you and I had a I drew a frown face with tears rolling down and then I went into my mom and dad's room shut and locked the door my other siblings were at a different part of the house um and I put the note face up and I got my dad's my father's gun and uh, it was about literally about two seconds away from pulling the trigger and I heard the front door of our home open up and I knew mom and dad had come home just a little bit earlier than I expected. They proceeded down the hallway, knock on the door. In the meantime, I'm scurrying around to get all of things back together in order. I turned the note face down, finally let them in. And they uh, proceeded to ask me, you know, Dave, what were you doing in here with the door locked? And, you know, I just, I was silent. My mom sees the the piece of paper on the floor in the middle of the floor and she turns it over and to her horror she sees what's written on the other side and you know she just loses it and at that point I lose it as well because all those feelings from the year before just kind of came up and out you know things I wasn't open with and so you know she you know we kind of all had a moment there in the the middle of their bedroom floor just cried and prayed together I received some counseling my mom and dad decided to pull me out of public school uh, going into the fifth grade and to homeschool me for that fifth grade year. And I just remembered during that year, my mom just drilled into my head and my heart, both my parents did, drilled into my head and my heart, the importance of accepting yourself for who you are and not just who you are, like who you are, but like who you are in Christ, like your identity. Um, who you've become in your walk with Christ. And she used uh, the example of Paul and the thorn in his flesh in the Bible. And then when Paul asked, asked God to, to remove, uh, remove it three times. And God's answer to him every time was uh, my grace is sufficient enough for you. My power is made known through your weakness. And for whatever reason that stuck with me, for me, music, <laughs> You know, for whatever reason, I noticed uh, that when I, whenever I would sing, the ticks and Tourette's, you know, would not be present. And so <clears throat> for me, it was kind of a safe haven, a comfort, you know, if you will, um, just to be able to 
sing and it, and it not affect me. And uh, since I love to do it anyways, you know, I love to sing and use my talents that way. It just made it all the more better when I would sing and I wouldn't suffer in those moments. Uh, that t- for a two and a half minute song, I was part of the school band, you know, junior high and high school, and choir as well. They wanted me to sing, and I sang the way you look tonight. Um, and uh, to me, and it, it was like my first, other than like a few talent shows here and there that I did, it was my first thing outside of the church that I did. And I was like, you know, and people really responded to that, and it was great. And so I think for me, I was like, man, I really, really want to try and do this when I get out of school. I didn't know, absolutely know how I'd do that at all. But I just, I was like, I've got to. I've got to try and, and, and pursue music. <laughs> so I graduated high school and then really didn't have plans to go to college because I just didn't see schools in the future for me. <laughs> and so I moved two and a half hours um, away from my hometown uh, and I was working three jobs trying to make ends meet. Things weren't happening. <laughs> and uh <laughs> Long story short, got an opportunity to uh, receive a full tuition scholarship to go sing in college, to sing a, a, a male trio in college. You know, was a part of that group for four years. I graduated in 2004 uh, with a religion degree, but finishing finishing that school in 2008, um, I wanted to pursue music, my career. I just didn't know, again, how I would do that. I moved um, back home temporarily in our, back in Arkansas uh, from Virginia and <laughs> to pursue that. Um, Branson, Missouri was about an hour and a half north of where I grew up in Arkansas. And so I auditioned for a few shows there in Branson. <laughs> Some of them seemed promising, but just really never panned out. And my dad around that time asked me, have you thought about trying out for American Idol? And I said, well, sure. You know, I loved loved watching the show throughout the seasons. And he brought that up to me. I said, you know, why not? Right. I wasn't married at the time. So I was, let's go do this. I drove by myself to uh, seven and a half hours down to Dallas, Texas, <laughs> slept in line there to audition. And, and it was a crazy, crazy audition process. You know, I was, I went over three months, um, the audition process uh, once. in so I went down my very first time was in June. Um, and, and then I went the next, got through that, that round. And then the next round was in, uh, uh, July. And then in August, I found out I was going to, to Hollywood at that point. So I made it to, there was 180 of us that went to Hollywood and I made it to the top 70 and was cut group round. And, but it was just, it was an amazing experience. I mean, uh, to be on a show of that caliber was just very humbling. And so many people that I auditioned with uh, were as good or just as good or better than I was. And so it was really just God's favor for me being able to be a part of a show like that. Um, So I was very, very grateful. 
uh, Neil Patrick Harris was one of the guest judges during the road audition uh, for that year. And he made a comment to me. He said he thought I was crazy brave for getting in front of 30 to 40 million people with Tourette's. After the show, I finished the show in 2010 and then <clears throat> decided to further my career and move to Nashville, Tennessee. And I sat down with Stephen Dale and wrote a, a song called uh, Crazy Brave, which was the title track to my album, um, <clears throat> Crazy Brave. Uh, we toured that for about three and a half years. And <laughs> it was an amazing, just amazing opportunities that got opened up for me um, at that point. I was doing a lot of dates in schools. I had, you know, I had schools across the country asking me to come in and share my story of how overcome overcome obstacles. Uh, I remember a particular junior high student uh, boy who came came up to me after I had shared my story in a school, um, and he said, "He said, hey, my name is so and so, and." He said, uh, two days before you came, I, I too was going to take my own life. And my girlfriend encouraged me to not do that, but just to hold on a little longer. And then I come and share my story. And he said, Dave, I, I completely get it now. He said, I understand why you know, this, this particular boy had been in trouble <laughs> With the law, you know, he was junior high age and he'd been behavioral issues that he had uh, struggled with. And and it turns out that he had he was diagnosed with dyslexia. He was uh, he was living in fear for what people might think of him if they like I was. So his his go to was to put others down and act out to make himself feel better. This this particular young boy, junior high boy, was, in this case, the bully. And because he had his circumstance, was in dyslexia. And he didn't know how to deal with it. And the best way he knew how was to pick on other people. And he said, after I came and shared my story, he said, I totally get why I was doing what I was doing. He said, I'm going to be more out front with it now. And and. Yeah, you completely changed the way I viewed it, <laughs> and uh, and you've ultimately helped save my life because I didn't know how I didn't want to live anymore because of because of it. <clears throat> and that was honestly, he was one of numerous. I can't count on both hands <laughs> how many people, students like him, <clears throat> said specifically suicide were suicidal but because i came changed changed their uh their outlook after three and a half years we were you know like i said we were working 14 18 hour days i was exhausted just kind of burnt out so i decided to take a long break so i stopped on the you know on the road i think my last concert was in des moines iowa in 2013 and i got off the road and and uh just took a long break and just God began to work on my heart and uh, I got into God's word like I never had before and just started reading and getting to know God even more and uh, <clears throat> I'd heard about Jesus calling for a long time you know I'd, I'd seen 
everybody's library or bookshelf filled with the Jesus Calling somewhere, like like <laughs> in every home that I've been in, and I've read um, a few devotionals from there, and I, I, I do I do love the devotional and what Jesus um, Calling is doing. And at that point, sometime during that break, I, I uh, got married to my beautiful wife Chelsea, and <laughs> after we were married, we we started talking about album number two, and uh, so I started to do to do a Christian album at that time, and this was my last album, different kind of love. You know, fast forwarding after you know getting married and having that break, God just began to break my heart for the church and wanted I just wanted to encourage you know the body of Christ and those who didn't know him with what God had done through my life and in and, and through my life and, and that this was of him and not of me and so that's ultimately what made the decision just tran- transition over to CCM and do a, a faith-based album and plus I had a Tons of, of people asking me, fans asking me when I was going to do a Christian album, you know. So I did it. So we, it was about a three and a half, four year period that it took to uh, complete the album. And I think it's okay to ask why, even now. Yeah, because Job did. We look at Job's, Job in the Bible, you know, he asked God, you know, why. Why is this happening to me? And as long as we come to a point uh, of faith and trust that at the end of it, yeah, God, we don't we don't understand what, what's going on, why you're allowing me to walk through this, whatever that define this, whatever that is, you know, but we can trust and that he he has a plan and that and, you know, and it's really it's Romans 828, you know. God works all things together for our good, for those who love God and are called according to his purposes. And that's, that is like one of my life verses. And, uh, you know, that and, and Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct your paths. And then uh, it's James 1, 2. You know, that's, those are my like three, <laughs> three verses, my favorite verses. Um, so... And I, I think it's okay to ask why. You know, I don't ask why much anymore just because I, I've come to accept it but and embrace it. Because anyone can accept something they have to do. But when you can embrace something that you get to do, it's a, it's a different it, – it changes things. And for me, it, it changed that. You know, I get to do this now, you know, because God's going to get the glory for it. He, he gets more glory out of me having it than he, than he does if I didn't. So that's okay with me. You can learn more about Dave's music by visiting his website, DavePittmanLive.com. You can also see Dave as part of our new YouTube series called What's Good on the Jesus Calling YouTube channel at YouTube.com slash Jesus Calling Book. Stay tuned to Brianna Domenica's story after a brief message. Many of us want to develop a deeper prayer life. In this new 365-day devotional, Jesus Listens, Sarah Young offers daily prayers based on Scripture that will help you experience how intentional prayer can connect you to God and change your heart. Learn more about Jesus Listens and download a free sample at JesusCalling.com slash Jesus Listens.
Our next guest is Christian singer Brianna Domenica, a suicide prevention activist who has herself suffered through the losses of three family members to suicide. Brianna is vulnerable about her past struggles with suicidal tendencies and how she started to turn her pain into purpose by pouring her heart and soul into music, hoping she can uplift others and encourage an environment of positivity and love. Motherhood. It's a journey like no other, teeming with love, unparalleled dedication, and moments that pierce the very essence of your soul. It's a trek that demands to be celebrated, lauded, and embraced in its entirety. Celebrate the moms in your life this Mother's Day with two beautiful gift books, Jesus Calling for Moms by Sarah Young and Grace for the Moment for Moms by Max Licato. These heartfelt devotionals will remind the moms in your life just how special they are. Jesus Calling for Moms and Grace for the Moment for Moms are available now where all books are sold. During times of transition and unknown next steps, it's more important than ever to cling to the promises of God and to tune your ear to what Jesus has to say. Jesus Calling for Graduates is an encouraging compilation of 150 devotions from Sarah Young's brand. Grads will find topics such as discerning God's will, self-worth, trust, support, and much more. Jesus Calling for Graduates is perfect for both high school and college graduates as they embark on the next chapter. Look for a special custom edition of Jesus Calling for Graduates, available exclusively at faithgateway.com. I am Brianna Dominica, a contemporary Christian singer, songwriter, speaker, and suicide prevention activist who is trying to use the gifts God has given me to turn a painful past into purpose and use it for his good. Losing three family members to suicide has definitely taken a toll on both my mental health and my faith. For several years, I was just so broken and angry and lost and filled with this unimaginable grief and pain that I had no clue how to control or manage. Honestly, when I was in the middle of it, I didn't know how I was going to get through. But I took it one day at a time because I knew the alternative of self-harming and possibly even taking my own life was not an option. My parents had already lost one child um, and I was not going to be the reason they lost another. So through... The resources that were most helpful for me um, was actually counseling, music, and rediscovering my faith and seeking that one-on-one personal relationship with God. Losing my sweet brother David to the choice of suicide was an absolute nightmare and I couldn't wake up from it and I never would. Uh, I remember the moment we got the call and I could hear my mother's screams from the kitchen. She told me that David had taken his own life. And in that moment, my heart broke into a million pieces. My whole world just was crumbling and there was nothing I could do to control it. Davy wasn't just my brother, but he was my best friend and my hero and my protector. And I was never gonna see, hug, or hear his voice ever again. 
not only was I going through this unimaginable grief at such a young age, I was only 16 at the time, but I was also being bullied in middle and high school and having people tell me that I wasn't good enough. Eventually you begin to believe those negative comments and most of my days ended in tears and I truly believed I was worthless, that I wasn't pretty, I wasn't talented, I wasn't smart, I wasn't cool. No matter how hard I tried, I never felt like I fit in. But my parents were going through so much, um, already having lost a son and going through their own grief journeys that I, I suffered silently, but not painlessly. The pain had to go somewhere and it did. If you look closely, you can still see the scars on my wrist. In the quiet of my bedroom or bathroom, I would use toenail clippers, scissors, basically anything sharp I could find to cut and carve my skin, just desperate to control that pain and heartache I was feeling. And I dealt with this hopelessness for four years until my Aunt Linda noticed the cuts on my wrist. She kissed them and she told me I was worthy, loved, and a child of God. That conversation not only saved my life, but it encouraged me to get the help that I so desperately needed. Suicide is a permanent fix for a temporary problem and is 100% preventable. However, there is such a stigma around suicide and people contemplating suicide that they are weak, flawed, or selfish. But that just isn't the case. They are mothers, fathers, sons, daughters, sisters, brothers, aunts, uncles, cousins, husbands, wives, friends, loved ones that are in desperate need of help. And a lot of times they don't want to die. They just want their pain to stop. So I think simply starting a dialogue can combat that stigma because unless we start a dialogue, we will never see change. And I want people to know that they are not alone. There is help, but most importantly, there is hope. And I love this acronym for hope, hold on, pain ends. And it also says in Psalms 23, even though I walk through the valley. Through is such an important word that I've learned over the years because it doesn't say we're going to stay in the valley, but we're going to walk through it. I'm trying to use these family tragedies and my own personal struggle to turn this pain into something positive. And I took the first step in doing that in May of 2016 when I started my 501c3 nonprofit, Angel in the Sky, whose focus is suicide prevention and awareness through education, music, and of course, sharing my own personal experience. It's like it says in Romans 8:28, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have being called according to his purpose. And after a lot of darkness and grief, I truly felt God calling at my heart to use this and share my story and turn it into something positive and shine a light on suicide awareness. 
but also use it as a springboard, not only for my own hope and healing, but for the hope and healing of others. Everyone's journeys are different, but moving from a place of darkness to light is possible. All you need is a little faith, even if it's the size of a mustard seed. Take it one day at a time, speak up and reach out because help and hope are available. I am so excited to share with you a little bit about my Warrior in Me outreach program. It focuses on educating people on preventative measures, risk factors, warning signs, healthy coping mechanisms, and available resources. Because whether you are suffering from mental illness, addiction, anxiety, depression, whatever it is, suicide is not an option or a way out. One of my favorite quotes is, suicide doesn't end the chance of life getting worse. It eliminates the possibility of it ever getting any better. I will never forget the first time that I saw my work directly impact someone's life. A friend of mine reached out saying he was in a dark place and I took the necessary steps to get him immediate help. And I'm happy to report that he sent me a note a while back thanking me for saving his life. And being able to serve God and bless others in the process is such a beautiful thing. And I'm so honored to have the opportunity to do that. I became familiar with Jesus Calling actually through my Nana and my mom. They would read the Jesus Calling devotionals every morning during their prayer and meditation time. And it really, personally for me, helped me in my journey of rediscovering my faith and developing that one-on-one personal relationship with God that I was talking about earlier. And it was one of the first, if not the first, devotional I ever read. So always has a special place in my heart. I'm going to share a passage with you from this September 4th day, and I hope it encourages you like it has encouraged me. In closeness to me, you are safe. In the intimacy of my presence, you are energized. No matter where you are in the world, you know you belong when you sense my nearness. Ever since the fall, man has experienced a gaping emptiness that only my presence can fill. I designed you for close communication with your creator. How I enjoyed walking in the garden with Adam and Eve before the evil one deceived them. When you commune with me in the garden of your heart, both you and I are blessed. This is my way of living in the world through you. Together, we will push back the darkness for I am the light of the world. To learn more about Brianna and her music, please visit briannadomenica.com.
If you or someone you love is struggling, help is available. Please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. If you'd like to hear more stories about facing dark thoughts and finding healing in God, check out our interview with Chad Robichaud. Next time on the Jesus Calling Podcast, we hear from country singer Larry Fleet about his newest song and how God can be found in the places we least expect. I can tell you right now where I do most of my praying and talking to God, I said, that's in a deer stand or a, a hay field or on a boat, you know, like whenever I'm outside or I, I do a lot of driving from Chattanooga to Nashville a lot. And that's kind of where I talk to God. Want to hear more inspirational stories of people who have been changed by a closer walk with God? Then subscribe today to the Jesus Calling Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And please be sure to leave a review, which helps us reach and inspire others with these stories. Plus, if you like seeing our guests as well as hearing them, you can find video interviews available on our YouTube channel at youtube.com, Jesus Calling Book, on Facebook, and on the Jesus Calling Instagram page.